And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. I encourage you to take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. We're in a series called Vision 2020. Today I want to talk to you about seeing the helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, this is out of the Amplified Bible, says, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation. Now, let me stop. If you want a good definition of hope, it's confident expectation. You know, turn to somebody and say, I'm filled with confident expectation. That's that's what hope is. To which he has called you. Now watch this. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints that is in God's people. Now again, look at that last phrase. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints in God's people. Now it's hard for us to fathom sometimes that God has an inheritance in you and me. Most of the time when we think about an inheritance, we think about somebody dying and leaving something to other people. But this says that when God looks at you, when he looks at his at me, when he looks at his beloved, when he looks at those who have been covered by the blood of Christ, that he sees an inheritance, that he's going to receive an inheritance in you and me. Now, in the middle 1800s, gold was found at Sutter's Mill in California, and the gold rush started. Hundreds of thousands of people left the East Coast. Andrew Greeley published in a paper, Go West, Young Man. Hundreds of thousands of people go to the West Coast. And it was about 1849, those people became known as the 49ers. Well, today we have a team in the National Football League called the San Francisco. That's right. They're named after those who went seeking gold. Some got frustrated with just prospecting in creeks and rivers and not finding anything and so they started taking dynamite and they started blowing up streams and blowing up creeks and blowing up mountainsides and occasionally they would find a vein of gold now you got to remember in the 1849 this was just before the civil war took place america was primarily a judeo-christian nation and when people would find a vein of gold, they would exclaim, glory to God. Let's try that. Glory to God. One more time. Here we go. Glory to God. I found the gold. And those veins of gold that they found became known as glory holes. Well, dear ones, I want you to know God looks at you and he sees his work of grace and he says, I've got a glory hole in him. I've got a glory hole in her. I believe that this morning the angels are standing on tiptoe and they're saying, hey, look at there. Look, look at how, look at how. J.C. is allowing the grace of God to work in his heart. Oh, look at how the, the night looks really dark. 
It doesn't look like there's a way for her to go forward, and yet she's reaching out in faith, and she's claiming Psalms 91. Oh, look at that. And I think some of the angels are just jumping up and down, saying, oh, God, look at the glory of your inheritance in him. Look at the glory of your inheritance in her. Dear ones, while we're on this earth, as believers in Christ, we comprise the body of Christ. When you get to heaven, we're going to comprise the bride of Christ. Paul looked forward to that day, and he says, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. When he said that, he's saying, positionally, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. But for all eternity, as the bride of Christ, we're going to sit with the Son. We're going to be co-rulers with the Son. We're going to, the Bible says that Peter writes and says, we're going to judge angels. That's a little hard to figure, isn't it? How are we going to judge angels? I'll submit to you. It's as the members of the bride of Christ seated with the Son. You say, why does he want us to be his bride? Go back to Genesis chapter 1. God said to Abraham, I mean to Adam, he says, it's not good for you to be alone. And he made him a helpmate. I believe that Christ the Son wants to have the bride of Christ in whom he's got an inheritance. He's got an inheritance in you. The work of his Holy Spirit is part of his inheritance in you. The work of his grace, the work of his word, the work of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the work of the blood of Christ setting us free is part of his inheritance inside you and me. And our lives on this earth are on the job training for reigning for eternity. Can you say glory to God? Hallelujah. Now, Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. Jesus here is speaking to the church at Laodicea. He says, I counsel you to buy from me healing salve to put on your eyes so that you may see. Paul wrote, he says, I want the eyes of your heart to be opened. I want the eyes of your heart to be opened. And here he says, I want you to get some healing salve. Well, in Laodicea, they made an eye salve and they exported it around the world because it was was an ointment that would help your eyes when they were diseased. But Jesus says, you need an eye salve on the eyes of your spirit man. You need an eye salve on your heart. We used to sing that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. That's what it's about. I counsel you to buy from me healing salve to put on your eyes so that you may see. (laughs) Dear ones, let me share with you this morning 11 ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. These are 11 ways that the Holy Spirit helps to develop the inheritance that God Almighty has in you for all eternity, okay? Here we are. Number one, the Holy Spirit convicts of sin and he nudges us to repent and believe on Jesus Christ. Think about it for a minute. Man, when I was steeped in sin, I'll never forget my cousin invited me to hear David Wilkerson preach. And he preached on the prodigal son. And I felt that nudging of the Holy Ghost. When David Wilkerson gave that altar call, I felt that nudging of the Holy Ghost. Terrell, you need to get your heart right with God. 
You need to quit doing some of the things you're doing, but you need to, you know those things are wrong, they're sin. It was not condemnation. The devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil brings condemnation, but the Holy Spirit whispers. It's a very faint nudging on the inside saying, you need to repent. You need to get right with God. Look at what Jesus said in John 16. Verses seven through nine, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. I used to read that and think, Lord, oh, I wish I could have walked with you like the disciples did. I wish I could have you right here in the flesh, but you're saying it's to my advantage that you go away. I don't get that, God. But then he says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You see, if Jesus was still here in the flesh, he could only be at one place at a time. He could only minister to one person at a time. But the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. And the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and he's never left. And the Holy Spirit fills you and 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 you watching on Facebook Live and you watching on the rebroadcast. The Holy Spirit is right there. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you right now from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And the Holy Spirit's with us this morning. And he's with other congregations in Tallahassee. And he's with other congregations around the world. He's with other congregations wherever they are, wherever they're meeting, whatever they, they may not look like us. They may not have the same cultural uh, uh, activities or traditions that we might have. Thank you. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is the helper. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I, do, that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Conviction is always gentle. Some people miss conviction because, because the Lord doesn't shout at you. He whispers. And we think, oh, that's just my thought. It's not just your thought. It's the Holy Ghost talking to you. He'll convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. It may be this morning that you're here today and you need to get your heart right with God. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is whispering to you today. You need to get your heart right with Jesus. You need to make Jesus the complete Lord of your life. Number two. The Holy Spirit seals us and is God's guarantee. He's God's down payment on all eternity. Again, look at Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit. Everybody say deposit. A deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This verse says that, 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 that we have an inheritance when we get to heaven, but God has an inheritance in us according to verse 18 and 19. Okay? Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. If you've ever bought a home, if you've ever bought real estate, you know that you're required to come up with a down payment. 
And many lenders want you to come up with at least 20%. That's a lot of money. They want you to come up with a large down payment because that down payment is called earnest money. And you are telling the seller, I am in earnest about buying your property. I'm not going to tie your property up with this contract and then back out. In fact, they want the largest down payment they can get. Because if you renege, they're going to keep your deposit. I had a fellow one time, we were selling a house in Virginia Beach. And I had a fellow that offered me $500 as a down payment. And I said, sir, I'll be excited to sell you my home. But I'm going to have to have a whole lot more than $500 to take this home off the market. He said, well, let me make some calls. And it wasn't long. He came, he came back and he had, he had a lot of money with him this time for the down payment. Well, how do we know that God is serious about taking you and me to heaven? How do we know that in my father's house are many mansions? How do we know that we've got hope beyond this world? I'll tell you why. Because God's already given us a deposit. He's giving us earnest money. He's given us the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Spirit in your body. When you become a Christian, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in you, he'll quicken. He'll give life to your mortal body. He'll encourage you. He'll strengthen you. He'll be a way maker for you. He'll change you from the inside out. Oh, your emotions may be in the toilet. Oh, things may be terrible as far as you can tell, but it's because you've been looking through these physical eyes. Your physical eyes are pretty wonderful. You got over 200 parts. Did you know that? Just in your God-given physical eye. But there are things you and I can't see with these eyes. There are some things we can only see through the eyes of faith. Paul says, I don't look at those things that are seen, but I look at those things that are unseen. You don't see those things with these eyes. You see the unseen with the eyes of faith. You see them with the eyes of your heart. Somebody say hallelujah. Huh. Anybody here ever bought any jewelry in a jewelry store? A few of you have. If you and I go tomorrow... If you and I go out tomorrow to a jewelry store and we say we want to look at gold bracelets, when they bring out the gold bracelet for us to see, one of the first things I'm going to do is put on my glasses. And I might even bring a magnifying glass because I'm looking for that maker's mark. I'm looking for something that's going to tell me, oh, this is, this is 10 carat, or this is 14 carat, or this is 18 carat, or this is 24 carat. Then it gets pretty pricey at that point in time. And I'm looking for that maker's mark because that maker's mark is a seal telling me that this is legitimately 24 carat or 18 carat or whatever it might be. And the more carats it is, it means it's been purified in the fires. Some of you are walking through the fire this morning. Some of you are saying, God, I don't know how much more I can take. Some of you are saying, God, this is no fun. What is God doing? He's purifying you. He's letting you go through some things so he can do some things in you. So then he can do some things through you. Dear ones, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I just prophesy to you, this fire is not going to continue. This difficulty is not going to continue. This hard time is not going to continue. You're going to come out on the other side, and you're going to come forth as pure gold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
and we have the Holy Spirit as a down payment, as God's earnest money on all eternity. Not only that, but we are sealed. We've got the maker's mark on us. Hallelujah. You belong to God. He has redeemed you. He's taken you out of darkness. Oh, you used to walk in darkness, but not anymore. Oh, you used to do a bunch of stuff you shouldn't do, but not anymore because you've been transformed. You've been changed. You've been translated. You've been taken out of darkness. You've come into light. Oh, you're not perfect yet. Yes, you do some things that you wish you hadn't done, and that's the reason that we can repent. Hallelujah. That's the reason we can get right with God, but I'll tell you what. You are God's handiwork. You are his created work of art. King James Version. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God prepared beforehand for you and me to walk in them. Somebody say hallelujah. This is good preaching for when the, when the time changes. Amen? Number three, the Holy Spirit empowers us with his presence and his gifts. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses unto Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Oh, the power he's talking about here. It's the Greek word dunamis from which we get our word dynamite. Dear ones, you don't always feel the dynamite of God. Sometimes you do. Sometimes it's like putting your finger into a, to, to, to an electric outlet, you know, and, or putting, putting a paper clip in one. You, you, you'll feel that voltage. And sometimes, thank God, we can feel it. I'll tell you, Sunday night at our banquet, man, the worship team. Wes, where are you guys? I see you back here. Our worship team started, I'm going to tell you, Bryson, I don't know who else helped him, but y'all really got that room EQ'd well, and you guys started singing, and the harmonies, but it wasn't just the harmonies. I believe the heavenly choirs started singing with you, and the glory of God started moving across that university ballroom there at Doe Campbell Stadium. It was the, the glory, the glory of God. Hallelujah. We had some, some guests there that I knew were not from a, a Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic background. And I just looked over. We didn't have anybody going crazy on us, but, but, we, but <laughs> it was good. It was good. Nobody was going ballistic, but God's presence was there. And I turned around and I saw tears, big tears. There's something about his presence. There's something about his presence. He empowers us. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. The purpose for the gifts of the Spirit. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, the purpose is so that we can help others, so we can edify others. The purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is not so I can go around saying, well, God really uses me with this gift. And God, it's, it, the purpose of the gifts is not to prop up a weak ego. The purpose of the gifts is to edify other people. Number four, the Holy Spirit assures us that we belong to God's family. The devil ever come along and say, you're not really saved? He's a liar. The truth is not in him. Romans 8, verse 16. 
New Living Translation says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. King James Version, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Number five, the Holy Spirit comforts and encourages us. John 15, 26, this is the Passion Translation. It's it's a new translation I've just started reading. I kind of like it. It says, Jesus says, I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the Spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. Let's try that again. I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the Spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he will speak to you about me. I tell you, there is a divine encourager. I remembered preparing this message. I remembered a morning our church was meeting in in Illinois. We were meeting in a high school. And there was a room in the back of the auditorium, one real big, but I turned it into a prayer room. I'd go in there and pray and get some more people in there praying with me before service. And it wasn't too far from the soundboard. We put the soundboard in the back. They ran a hundred foot snake in the back. We're in there praying. And suddenly I hear two men. I mean, they are shouting at each other. They are yelling. I hear one of them using four letter words. And I'm thinking, Lord, what in the world's going on? I mean, there are people coming in to, 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 for church, and here's this, this loud conflict going on. And I went out there, and it was our worship leader and our sound man. How many of you know that's not good? I mean, they were going at it. And so I went in there. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, okay? Now, he didn't say blessed are the peacekeepers, he said, blessed are the peacemakers. Sometimes when you make peace, sometimes you got to go in and you got you to make peace. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you end up on the receiving end of somebody else's wrath. Well, our worship leader calmed down like that. But boy, that sound man, he was hot to trot. And he turned to me and he began cursing me. How I many of that doesn't help you preach on Sunday mornings when you get cursed out just five minutes before you go up to preach he was cursing me and I'm thinking boy I didn't expect this I'd have stayed in the prayer room if I'd known this would have happened and then he just took off I never ever saw that guy again haven't seen him to this day worship was not very good that day preaching was even worse It was one of those very forgettable services. I was discouraged. Just so happened, I was leaving right after church. I drove to Chicago's O'Hare Airport and jumped on a plane. I was going to a conference. And I got on that, and I had about a three-hour plane ride. I was going to the West Coast. And I got on that plane, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'd rather not be a pastor right now. And I took out my Bible and I just began reading and meditating on Psalms, started Psalm 70 and went up all the way to Psalms 80. And I don't know what chapter I was on, but somewhere as I'm meditating on the scripture, suddenly the divine encourager started encouraging my heart. The divine encourager, 
I, I can't explain exactly how it happened. All I can tell you is that suddenly I had a different perspective and I had a different understanding of things because the divine encourager, and I'm telling you, dear ones, the divine encourager wants to encourage you. The divine encourager, won't, but you got to hang out with him. Come on, you got to spend time with him. Number six, the Holy Spirit inspires and he teaches us and he provides wisdom and he provides direction. John chapter 14, verse 26, again, out of the Passion Translation says, but when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name and he will inspire you, say inspire. He will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. And then Ephesians 1 verse 17 out of the God's words translation says, I pray that the glorious Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him better. Do you need wisdom? It's available. Lord, I just think I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation from you. Number seven, the Holy Spirit enables us to love and get along with other people. Now, let's just pause and say this. If everybody was as wonderful as you, we could all get along with everybody, right? Sadly, everybody's not as wonderful as you are. Romans 5 verse 5 says, we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Why do we need to be filled with the Spirit today and tomorrow and the next day? It's because sometimes our flesh let, seems to let the Spirit leak out. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Again, this is the Passion Translation. Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Everybody say high rank. Telling you how God sees you. God sees you as a person of high rank. Given to you in your divine calling. Everybody say divine calling. Divine. You've got a divine calling. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. I'm sure you don't have anybody that tries your patience. Here's the truth. You don't have enough goodness in you to deal with them, but you need the Holy Ghost to help you. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony. I love this. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bond of peace. Being one body and one spirit, and you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. You've got a high calling, dear ones. You've got a high rank. You are the body of Christ. Now you're going to be the bride of Christ when you get to heaven. And you know what? Nobody knows any faster than I do and you do when we grieve the Holy Ghost. Because all it takes is an angry word here. All it takes is really just acting out in the flesh over there. And you and I can grieve the Holy Spirit. I remember one time Kathy and I were having an argument. And I don't want to say it was bad, but I'm glad there weren't any steak knives around. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can start arguing and you forget what you're arguing about. 
I mean, you're just arguing to argue. I mean, it just takes on a life of its own. You say, Terrell, that wouldn't happen with you. Does Carter make liver pills? <laughs> and I paused to take a breath or something. I paused. And in that moment, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, how are you going to grieve me? How long are you going to grieve me? That sobered me up quick. I just got quiet. She was still, I mean, Kathy, doesn't, it takes a lot to get her angry. But once she gets angry, boy, <laughs> I had to let her just, you know, go ahead and express herself. But the Holy Spirit says, how long are you going to grieve me, Terrell? How long are you going to grieve me? Oh, dear ones, we can cry out for more anointing and we can cry out for more of God in our lives. But if we go around grieving the Holy Ghost on a regular basis, see, that's the reason you want to develop a sensitivity to the whisperings, to the still small voice of the Holy Ghost. Number eight, the Holy Spirit helps us to overcome temptation and he helps us to overcome sin. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. All of us, folks, you can, you can have been a Christian for years and years, but all of us have got this sin nature, and that sin nature will crave to be fulfilled at times. And that sin nature will crave fulfillment, and I don't know about your flesh, but I'll tell you, my flesh wants to be pacified immediately. My flesh does not want to wait. And I suspect you're, you have the same issues. I'm so glad that I can go to Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I can go to the Word of God, and then I can say, Holy Spirit, I need your help here. The Bible says, no temptation has overtaken me except that which is common to man. But you are faithful, Lord. You make a way of escape that I can bear up. Hallelujah. Number nine, the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and following says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good to, of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Dear ones, most of us love to claim Romans 8, 28. It's a great promise. God's going to make everything work together for the good to those that love God that are called according to his promise. But it's an amazing thing how verses follow verses. And if you look at this context, it says we don't know how to pray like we should. But the Spirit prays through us with groanings too deep for words. And he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for us according to the will of God. And then we know that all things work together for the good. I, I just want to suggest to you that you and I need to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to groan through our lips. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to cry through our eyes. We need to allow the Holy Spirit. Dear ones, there's so many things. The going on the internet is not going to solve for you. 
There's so many things that, 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 that watching television is not going to solve for you. There's so many things that recreation and diversion are not going to solve for you. But if you'll just get down on your knees for 10 minutes and just press into God, I'm telling you that you can get help from heaven. And God will start turning things around. And they'll start working together for your good. Can you say hallelujah? Number 10, the Holy Spirit helps us to conquer fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, again, this is the Passion Translation. God didn't give us a cowardly spirit, but a spirit of power, love, and good judgment. God has not given us a cowardly spirit. God doesn't want you to stay, lay awake at night afraid of the coronavirus infecting you. Nothing wrong with taking precautions. Nothing wrong with giving a fist bump instead of a handshake. That's okay. Although I tried it this morning. I had a number of people say, I don't want a fist bump. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power love and a sound mind. Again, I love the Passion Translation. God didn't give us a cowardly spirit, but a spirit of power and love and good judgment. It doesn't say God takes away. It doesn't say God takes away the emotions of fear. Sometimes you can, you can experience the emotions of fear and you'll think, well, something's wrong with me. I, thought, I didn't think God gave me this. God hasn't given you that. That's just your own flesh. That's your own emotions responding. But sometimes we just have to go ahead and do things afraid. Just go ahead and do it afraid. You may have, your knees may be knocking. You may have cold sweat going down your back. You may think, I'd rather take a beating than have to do this. I've gone into meetings with people that have been difficult. And I thought to myself, I'd rather get beat than have to do this. But you just go ahead and do it. You just do the right thing. And sometimes I have to pray, God, put a watch over my mouth that I don't say the wrong thing. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And that comes from the Holy Ghost. And finally, number 11, the Holy Spirit longs to fill you and me. The Holy Spirit longs to use us for his glory. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, if you then being evil, if you, that in be, if you then being evil, that is sinful, by nature, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask Him? Ephesians 5.18, Amplified Translation says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, that's corruption, that's stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. I've told you this. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. In the original Greek, that is written in the present imperative that denotes continuous action. I'm going to tell you, your preacher, your pastor needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. And you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today and tomorrow and the next day. In fact, one of our regular prayers should be, come Holy Spirit, 
Fill me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Fill up the nooks and crannies. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, you may not have Holy Ghost goosebumps at that moment. You may not sense the presence of God, but you're not walking by feelings. You're walking by faith, and you're just saying, come and fill me today, Holy Spirit. See, God's got an inheritance in you. And the inheritance that God has in you is the work of the cross, is the work of the empty tomb, is the work of grace, is the work of the risen Christ, is the work of the Holy Ghost, and he's working in you to will and do, Paul said, of his good pleasure. But I'll give you a little hint. He doesn't work with people that don't want to work with him. He works with those who are obedient to his word. He works with those who say, I'm hungry for you, Jesus. I'm thirsty for you, Lord. I want more of you than I've ever had in my life. Hallelujah. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee, we have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.